You're tuned in to the MTGG Cable Cast, 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 where they cover Magic, the Gathering Finance. All right? You don't know about it? You're tuned in right now and get ready to learn some shit. Buckle your seatbelts and light a blunt and get ready for the MTG Cable Cast, 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 starring Reptar and Thirsty, them onion head motherfuckers. Alrighty, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal Cast. This week, we're doing something a little bit more LGS focused. Basically, talking about what an LGS does during the holidays as far as sales go. If there's differences between Black Friday, Cyber Monday, small business, leading up to Christmas, whatever the case may be. Yep. So, with that, let's take it away. Yep. So, the LGS is a, a little more interesting. This is some, uh, the reason I wanted to, to broach this topic was because, from a vendor perspective, a lot of people are going to do the same things, and we kind of follow the same trend that you see in. A big box retail, essentially. If you have a website, you're going to follow these trends, and vendors are, are pretty much kind of straightforward on that narrow. There's not a lot of unique opportunity to create some kind of flavor for Thanksgiving or Cyber Monday. It just becomes this kind of expected avenue for you. It might be a coupon code, or it might be a new product release, but there's just going to be sales across the entirety of the, the platform. And one of the major reasons for this is because we want to move stock. We want to move as much product as we can out of the warehouse and help us reduce our footprint for uh, corporate taxes. We want to really kind of drop that number down and going to the new year for re-ups, make sure we have the cash flow we need to basically start our fiscal year pretty strong. This is not really a Q4 cash grab or anything like that. It really is to just free up inventory space yeah and i think that's one of the important things about this is a lot of times what you're doing and this is evidenced by the store i work at uh, was basically hey what's the stuff we're sitting on let's get rid of all of it yep. uh, it the sunk cost doesn't matter we just need something to get churn going and the thing that's really interesting is a lot of times it's not your primary verticals because it's stuff that you tried out. You know, maybe you were into flesh and blood for a little bit and uh, it just didn't work out and you're just sitting on a bunch of it. Well, great. Just get rid of it for below wholesale. Just get rid of it. That space is more valuable to you as something that moves, mm -hmm. uh, especially at the local level. Like, you don't have a lot of space. It's not like we have a million square foot warehouse where we can just dump stuff and forget about it. Like, you've got a limited amount of space, both up front and in back. Yep. you got to get a churn, so it's important to start getting that stuff through there. And that's something we touched on when we talked about holiday sales a while ago and how an LGS kind of gets ready for that. And you discussed having to overtake some of your place space. Some of your display space is going to get cramped, overflowed, yeah. because there's product that needs to be displayed to be able to move. For me, on, on the vendor side, it's just... I might spend a little more on uh, pay-to-click ads, or yeah. I might spend a little more with time with my art department, say we need these new assets to link people around the website better to get to our deals when they're looking at something like Flesh and Blood, right? And we just have a bunch of unlimited edition of whatever the new set is that we want to get out the door and prep for the next one. Well, then we'll probably create a bunch of new banner ads and toss them out over there, or like I said, change our strategy for ad networks and stuff yep. like that to push those new assets. And I think uh, one of the interesting things specifically is the difference between Thanksgiving and Christmas sales go mm -hmm. is when the stuff you're trying to blow out for yep. Thanksgiving, uh, the philosophy is, all right, we're going to have more locals for Thanksgiving. It's going to be people that are back in town for college, whatever else. Um, you don't have 
you know, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas running out on Black Friday to get a box of cards for their grandkid or something. You know, yeah. that's just not what they do. So a lot of times it's not just about pushing out the sealed product at the LGS. It's also about pushing out singles mm -hmm. that may be stale. So a lot of times what oh. we'll do is we'll have like 20% off singles under $100, uh, you know, because that's the stuff that, look, you can just pay me TCG after fees and I'm more than happy. Mm -hmm. You can buy out all the fetch lands at TCG after fees. Don't care. Please take them because that's what I'm going to get for them eventually anyways. Yeah. Uh, and it's a way to churn through that, whereas when it gets to Christmas – it is like you said, you're pushing more ads, you're pushing more presence on social media, maybe radio or television or printed, whatever else, mm -hmm. uh, to try to get those grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles into the store for those boxes because that's when it's a lot more, okay, now we have people shopping, the people coming in, you know, they didn't rush here on Black Friday because they know the stuff's going to be there regardless. Yeah. Uh, and one of the interesting things is obviously the release calendar plays a little bit into this. Because if we have a new release, which I guess we don't have a new release until January for Magic, touch on that Finally. later, um, it makes it a lot easier to just like, okay, now we can do maybe sales on that same stuff we did for Black Friday, maybe a little bit better, mm -hmm. maybe not as good, but try to blast those out to people that may not know you exist, even though they live five to ten minutes from your store, because they're not the kids playing the games. They don't take people to play the games so you get a little bit more presence there uh, and that's where those ad pushes mm -hmm. can be really really important because as an lgs thanksgiving doesn't really grow your client base but christmas does yeah so when you're heading out of thanksgiving and into the holiday season proper there's going to be a little bit of downtime while you reset and restage everything you know maybe you get a window display done either in paint or you just reset the window if you have the opportunity to you have the space what does the, I don't want to use the word setup here because I think that's a little narrow, but like what is the strategy for a fall holiday sale compared to Thanksgiving? Like for me as a <clears throat> vendor, uh, traditionally working for uh, Troll, what we were doing is a lot of bundling. We want to get somebody to buy as much product as we think they should and it's not an overwhelming amount it was it's kind of like the old what were they called the holiday bundles that they used to do in magic where it's a big square box but there's a lot of stuff on the inside and try and create these kind of beginner kits kind of like that or maybe if you buy a sealed box of whatever the set is the uh, let's say draft boosters for instance we're also going to bundle in some sleeves or what have you but it turns out we're not just bundling for convenience, again, it's the idea of moving stale product, so we're going to try yeah. and bundle some stuff together. Or, if in the case of, I don't want to say Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon, Magic can do this a little bit, where you put a bunch of pre-cons together, and you kind of, again, create the idea of that starter kit, or just like the, hey, sit down and play with your friends over the holiday kind of kit, and yeah. try and put a lot of products together that just take up a lot of unnecessary floor space. Or we think our slow churners compared to anything else you're not really going to see a whole lot of singles sales at this point in time. It's very difficult to put holiday sales together like this. Some people might do some kitschy stuff. So as you move through the holidays, they might do color pairings for, for the appropriate holiday that's upcoming in the games you're putting together. So that, that, that happens here and there, but not all that much. And again, you're definitely going to see some discount codes go out. There will be some holiday discount codes, and they might increase over time 
the closer you get to the holidays to kind of create this weird rush where some people yeah. might be fine waiting to try and get 15 or 20 percent off a large order but in the interim as that percentage grows over time you might lose out as other people move to the website so it's all about getting people to the site and shopping around building a cart across multiple verticals and just trying to check out with as much products as possible yeah and i i think that's the really important thing is you're with those christmas sales like and this is the overarching theme of this time of year is get rid of as much stuff as possible mm -hmm. free up space for the new year new releases whatever else well, obviously, if we didn't move as much stuff during Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. we needed incentivize to make those larger buys yeah. to get more out. So that's when you do start to see those, even at the local level, it's, you know, all right, well, our quantity discounts may have been if you ordered 10 of something before. Well, we're going to drop it down to five now mm -hmm. because, look, if you're getting three, well, sure, I'll get an extra two and get the quantity discount, but I'm not going to get an extra seven to hit the quantity discount. Yeah. So on the stuff that's a little bit more stale, you can do stuff like that. And something that some stores do is actually uh, there's a couple I know that basically on the stuff they really want to get rid of, mm -hmm. uh, which right now is like Wix Sauce. Uh, it's a waifu card game. And then um, Flesh and Blood. Uh, they're doing straight across trade. Like oh, they will okay. give you full retail on anything over $10 towards the product. Oh, that's right. You mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because because the thought is, look, if if I'm going to get a product that may sit for a while, I'd rather have cardboard that takes up way less space than this box. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you'll do it along with the price drops where you may sell a flesh and blood box for $90 normally, you're selling it for 50 now and you're doing straight across trade for it. Jeez. Great, sure. I'm only getting, you know, I'm giving 30 bucks on it or something is the equivalent. Mm -hmm. Fine, I get you know a mana vault. Cool, I can sell that mana vault way easier than that flesh and blood box that's been sitting there for six months or a year. Yeah, and, and this actually kind of bumps up against something that we talked about a while ago when we were talking about shows when they were more active. So you're gonna you're gonna take retail for that box rate. You're gonna stay even, but when somebody comes in for that mana vault, there's a chance that they're going to trade, and that's where you win. You yep. don't usually. And it's weird to say that, and it makes this industry seem kind of slanted and what we do kind of aggressive and anti-client. But at the end of the day, as a vendor, you love to trade because that's where you that's really win. That's where the margins win. are. Yeah, yeah. Even, even with the bump. That vault costs, what is it, like 100 and some odd? Depends, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I'm a bad EDH player. I don't play it, and I have my one. It's it's forever a fifty dollar card to me. So that's why I said straight it trade it straight across. But I yeah. know at this point I'm paying like forty five fifty at a booth. Yeah, no, you're you're right. It's like a, it's like forty, right? Okay, so you're yeah, gonna 40, take yeah. you're gonna take forty in trade, but the retail on sure. that trade is gonna be like fifty or sixty. So you're gonna come out back ahead of that flesh and blood box or that Pokemon box, that Yu-Gi-Oh mm -hmm. box, that stale ass Kaldheim box. Yeah, exactly. Because. Uh, of trade at the end of the day so you're more than happy to do that it's a strategy that's afforded to you as the LGS especially with that kind of visibility as a vendor I'm not going to do that I'll have my, my blowout sales at some other time of the year and usually around tax time and we will blow out usually quantity yeah. so to your point the point that you just made uh, dropping from 10 to 5 we'll probably do something like that over time we'll, we'll, we'll bundle here and there we'll do the, yeah, the sure. box and some kind of steel deck and 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 to try and incentivize moving the product before we go just absolute blowout and we start bundling boxes together and before we move to liquidation yeah and i i think that that's the hope is obviously that you don't have to hit liquidation which is why you even though it may only be percentage points above 
liquidation, it doesn't matter. You'll yeah. try to get something before you hit that liquidation stage. You just need to. Yes. Uh, you know, like, sorry, that's just how it is. Oh, yeah. And, especially uh, for an LGS. You, yeah, exactly. I, and it's especially now as an LGS because sales are down across the board. It becomes much more important to, and I know we harp on this all the time, not get caught in that sunk cost fallacy of, look, I'm in for 45. I yeah. need 45. No, get whatever you can out of that because that money will turn into other stuff faster than that box is yeah. or those singles are or whatever. Yep. Um, it's, it's just much, much more friendly mm -hmm. to do it that way. So we went from Thanksgiving to the holiday sales. In between there exists that kind of weird Cyber Monday sale. Yeah. And as a vendor with a website, I'm expected to do something. And I can kind of roll my hot, my um, Thanksgiving sales into Cyber Monday and maybe do, again, some like weird, kitschy stuff on, on Cyber Monday if I want to. As an LGS, is that even a, a blip? So it is, uh, but it's basically just an extension of what we were doing for Black Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, the really interesting thing is Small Business Saturday. Uh, oh, because okay. Small Business Saturday, you'll have a lot more of your in-game stuff. Uh, where, okay, or sorry, in-store yes, stuff, yeah, where yeah. you need to come in and support me locally. Mm -hmm. And that's when you'll see a lot of those, like, single sales and stuff like that, because, okay, now I have an incentive mm -hmm. to go to my local game store on this day, which goes back to, excuse me, the Thanksgiving thing, where you're expecting more of your locals in there, because it's not going to be people out shopping for a present for... Whatever. their kid or something you know or their friend they're not going to do it on those on they're not coming to your store on black friday for that yeah uh, it's going to be your local guys so that's when you have you know discounts on singles mm -hmm. increased loyalty rewards if you have a store reward program uh if you do like weekly raffles for store credit or stuff like that you may do a couple extra on that saturday just for people that are in store yeah uh, just just things like that that i think are generally you want to promote your in-store experience then mm -hmm. And then Cyber Monday is just that extension of the Black Friday sale. You just run it from Friday to Monday yeah. with a little bit of an extra burst on that small business Saturday. Got it. Makes sense. And, it's like, it's, and this also seems like kind of a weird topic to broach because, you know, we've been in the cultural zeitgeist for Checks Watch over 30 years. And the idea of a Black Friday sale at an LGS or a comic store was not something that existed when we were younger it's just as this comes up rampant consumerism capitalism etc what does the lgs matter when people are being trampled at walmart for a tv you know like people aren't looking at the lgs and then in time this seems like another not feast or famine moment but another this is what we have to do to survive because people are expecting it they're going to be out anyway and if they don't see a sale here they're not going to stop here because that's the mindset yep like and I, I think that's important, too, because we're getting to a point where those feast or famine moments may be getting more. I don't know if and again, I don't know if it's necessarily a feast or famine moment, but that experience for an LGS may be getting more common over the next couple of years because you've got, you know, down economy, wallet fatigue, increasing anger towards Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro for how magic is branding itself, uh, especially after the Bank of America downgrade and everything. Obviously, the Twitter sphere is an echo chamber, but there are so many people that are upset about what they're doing with Magic 30, how they're handling things, that you may actually start losing people as an LGS. Mm -hmm. So you may have some more famine moments. So having these sales 
not just as like, hey, let's make our year for the holidays, but literally as a let's set up for the next three to four months because we need something. Okay. We need to have we need to be able to weather the storm. Yeah. Uh, I I was just talking to a couple friends that own stores last week, and I we all of us were like, you know, there's going to be a shit ton of stores closing over the next two years. It's going to be a lot of people that like opened a store pre-COVID, during COVID, whatever, and don't necessarily know how to weather the downtimes because mm-hmm. they've only known the feast. And the famine can be really bad. Yeah. And you're going to see a lot of stores closing, and that's where it is very important to now have this preparation, have this runway kind of through the holidays because you'll have more exposure, more money coming through, like try to emphasize this as much as possible to get as much stuff as possible so that you can actually be set up for the next six to eight months. It's your insulation, basically. Yeah, exactly. It's it's how you insulate yourself against that eminent closure mm-hmm. that I think a lot of stores are going to hit, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, the, the way you were talking, it makes it kind of seem like quarterly sales are something that, not necessarily to expect, but if you start seeing, it's really just to kind of help insulate and make sure that you can move, you know, not necessarily from one quarter to the next, but maybe these are setting up the next six to eight months, like you said. It just helps push everything out a little bit longer and make sure that you can still buy into product, etc. One of the LGSs that I have up here when 2X2 came out, their money was tied up in all the standard sets that had come previously. And when I asked how much you're going, uh, you know, we've, we've heard about the distro cuts, what are you going to pick up? And they said, it doesn't matter what the distro cut is we can't afford to get full allocation because all our money is tied up in these standard sets that were just illiquid for them. Mm -hmm. They're trying to support two stores and it just came at the wrong time. Yeah. So, and I, I think that's, you know, it's, it used to be in the past as a store, you could almost rely on your distro to help you out when you needed, Mm -hmm. uh, they would have suggestions or be able to cut deals, whatever. Um, that's not the case anymore. Nope. They don't care, and through no fault of their own, I they've got to make theirs too. And di- you know, manufacturers are making it harder for them to make their margins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I you need to rely on yourself and your player base. That's how you're going to get through it. And increasing, or sorry, not player base, customer base. Increasing your exposure to a new customer base is one of the ways to maximize that, which is ultimately the point of all of these sales. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. And it's nice to, to talk about this because we talked about it generally when we talked about the setup episode, but we never talked about the difference between the two sales, what was, yeah. what's going to happen at one point or another, or what the goal really was for both of these sales from an LGS perspective. So I'm really glad we were able to kind of pivot to this pretty quickly. Now, again, as a vendor, that's basically what I'm going to do. I've talked about everything. You're going to see the same stuff kind of all over the place. You might see deeper discounts here or there. You might see some kind of stepwise percentages. But across the board, vendors are all going to try and accomplish the same thing. Similar to an LGS, free up some space, free yep. up some capital, dump whatever's illiquid as best as you can at hopefully an amount of profit and rely on your shopper profiles i.e the people that you are bringing to your website and bundle your products accordingly because you have the data that tells you how to do that so you're going to see more interesting things there versus the lgs like i said up top i think i believe i have like one anecdote about like the best 
LGS style sale I've ever seen and was actually at the comic store I used to play Magic at. They were, I call them an LGS because they sold every trading card game there from a sealed perspective, no singles, and okay. in, and inquest. That was it. Like that's how they bundled it together. Otherwise, it was the comic shop, and they did some, as every comic shop does, uh, some statues and like the the odd, like the Green Lantern, Lantern, like that kind of yeah. Thing. So the nerd approximate stuff. Exactly. Yeah. What the uh, whatever floats around in the ephemera. So on December twenty fourth. I was trying to think of this because I couldn't remember how the hours sunk up. I think it started at 11 a.m., running until mid midnight, and at midnight it locked in. But it was 2% increasing every hour off of select items in the store, and select items were basically everything that wasn't <clears throat> TCG sealed because the margins were so thin that once you get past the discount point, you're running in the negatives, whereas everything else yeah. had the standard in-store markup, and they were just cherry on. And so basically, 12.01, December 25th rolls around. Everything that's on sale is on sale for 25% off. That's for the next good. Yeah, for yeah. the next couple of hours. Yeah. And that's uh, basically how I got like all of my um, supplies for the next, I don't know how long... <laughs> That's really good, actually. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, uh, at that point in time, there were no monster binders, no Ultra Pro Premium, so it was all D-rings. So, I like, the, the D-rings that I used for the next few years, all, like, all cancel stuff, pages, yeah. sleeves, sleeves, et cetera. It was, like, one of the best sales I've ever <clears throat> been able to take a part of as a consumer. And you will see vendors do stuff like that. You mentioned an L, you know, your LGS will as well, but in a different way. It'll change to yeah. be like bundles or maybe percentage changes from Thanksgiving to Christmas kind of stuff. You're not going to see this stepwise thing unless it's just somebody's sales platform. Yeah, and exactly. It was a plus idea because we got there at like I said at midnight, picked up a bunch of stuff. I don't think we checked out until like twelve thirty. But pretty good. Yeah, the people that were there for comic related stuff. That definitely sad they waited too long because yeah. all that stuff in the ephemera, the big stuff, was like gone, all the interesting stuff. But as a gamer, that left the rest of the stuff for me, so I was pretty happy about that. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah. You ready for picks? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, I think I went first last week. Yes. Uh, so we're going to do something interesting with picks this week. Mm -hmm. We're not picking stuff you should pick up, we're picking stuff you should unload. Yeah. Uh, so I am actually going for Eternal Masters Force of Will, which may seem like a weird one for me to say to unload, granted how prevalent it is through every format ever. Hear me out. Dom you in January. Mm -hmm. Or, sorry, Dom Remastered Remaster, in January. Yeah. Old Border Force of Will comes in foil. Uh, Dom Remastered, I simply look at the price trajectory of what happened with Time Strider Remastered. That set was a dud for a while, mm -hmm. and then it recovered real quick. I don't think that happens here because we've got like Swords to Plowshares, Counterspell, Force of Will, all getting old border treatments, all getting foil treatments. Uh, I think Dom Remastered is going to be a very highly reopened set. So I think Force of Will in particular, because that is such a desirable version of Force of Will, mm -hmm. uh, will drive the price of the other versions down. Now, that is combined with what we're seeing right now, which is an overall dip across the market. Uh, right now, for example, 95 is paying $70 for Force of Will. Three months ago, they were at 80 Three months prior to that, they were at 95 uh, Now, obviously, it's still going to go down more because of the economy. So why not wait for the recovery? 
while the recovery is going to be a year or two away, and while, yes, Force of Will is always an incredibly liquid card, uh, this is something that I would consider buy listing now, knowing that my retail on this in a few months mm -hmm. is probably going to be less than what I got out of buy list on it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there is a very realistic chance we see Force of Will drop below $70 for the first time in years. Yeah. I, any version. I'm gonna I bring think up that the, is very realistic. The stocks graphs real quick to to extend your point. So if we look at the EMA Force of Will from March 2019 to now, every time it peaks, it's like right between May and July. I'm going through this. And then it, it turns down. May and July comes back. And we've hit a plateau for a while on this card, which just dances and eventually recovers after a July dip. So it recovers in September, like two months late. And now we're cratering because this next release is in January. Yeah. We know we're getting a set version. The, sorry, the set art and whatever you want to call that. The set art and old border. And then a full art, alt art version of this card as well. We're getting, as it stands right now, three unique pieces or two unique pieces of art three unique printings of this card in this one set with foil printings in addition so that's six printings not to mention this is the first set well i guess sorry uh double masters mm -hmm. had it in collector boosters as well and if you take a look at the stocks graph and you wheedle into about where double masters released you'll notice that it plateaus and then just drops so if that's the case, we can expect the same thing to happen again with another release that I honestly think will be more open than Double Masters. I, I think Brothers War will remain the most open set because of the serialized cards. Mm -hmm. I think Dom Remastered will be the second most open set. I, it, there are too many people that love of the game, whatever else, love the setting, want to be there, want to relive that. Not to mention old border foil force of will, which is what legacy players have wanted for how long now? Yeah. And now we have it. Yep. And if the set's just going to be a banger if they also stick to like, they're kind of disguising it as like the legacy player set with the Dominaria remastered style thing, but it's more an EDH set like we saw yeah. again. Like, and this is just going to be an EDH player's dream when to open this kind of stuff. And so yeah, it has broad appeal again for a very honed audience, which is basically, as far as we know, the majority of the player audience. If WotC yep. is touting EDH as the intro format, then you know where the focus is for a lot of these style sets. So yeah, it's a, it's a solid look, and I, I like the idea of trying to, to pinpoint things that we're moving out on. Um, similarly, I, my card is one to sell, but it's one that I picked on the cast a while ago. So back in year one, we looked at Simic Ascendancy from Ravnica Allegiance, and we were able to pick them up for about 63 cents a piece at uh, the end of May 2019. Right now, they are buy listing on Card Kingdom for $1.30 in cash, $1.69 nice, in credit. And if I had to take a guess, because I don't really pay attention to ABU since their resale options are kind of weak it's probably yeah. a decent price there as well if you want to pick up credit there or just cash out either one's fine and that's where we're looking right now so simic ascendancy plateaued for forever when i extend the graph out it spikes at strict saving because we got the kind of tokens deck but that didn't play that well with simic ascendancy overall but there seemed to be a, a hype train coming in then it drops and plateaus 
And right now we're in another uptick on this card. And this is where I think we need to make our move if you didn't sell out already. So market wise, this is going for almost $4 a piece. You can probably list for three fifty, and you're making like seven X what you paid yeah. for on this card. And it's, it's the right time taking a look at the overall like playability on rec it's pretty high but it sticks to very specific strategies with some cards that we talked about experimental garage is one of the most popular generals for this kind of thing but we yep. haven't seen a lot of new generals for this yet and the theme remains <clears throat> the same counters on creatures cool we just got the file or a vigor a card i talked about not too long ago and a number of other cards that kind of complement the counters on creatures theme so we're just kind of getting this push to do that but at the same time we're watering down the part of Simic that wants to win with Simic Ascendancy. People just want to swing out and there's nothing wrong with that. We're also seeing Simic become more of a part of three and four color decks rather than just a two color deck. So that kind of, again, walks people back from just playing Simic themselves. A new Tatiova doesn't really breed interest in this kind of play pattern. Coma, the, the serpent from Call Time yep. doesn't really breed interest in this kind of play pattern. You need to be able to want to put counters on creatures. We haven't seen that in the main set in a minute. It's all been on the outskirt with commander yep. cards. And now is the time where I, if you're still holding from that pick, I feel fine saying, get out. You, you've made more than enough. Sell into TCG Player if you have the ability to. Move it to, to, to Card Kingdom or ABU, wherever you want to pick up cash and just, you know, yeah. Say bye, Felicia, and call the spec a day. I yep. think there's definitely, yeah, there's 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 more room for profit, but I wouldn't want to be holding the bag on this too much longer. And it, I don't think it matters what version you bought in. I believe when I talked about this, I mentioned I was looking at everything: set, set foil, launch party version. I picked up a bunch of them, and it's profit all the way down and by a wide margin. CK is buying a fair amount of everything, and I would just shove. Yeah, uh, I I think this is one that I think demonstrates really well, like penny stocks paying off pretty well. Yeah. Uh, because if when it was seventy one cents, if you'd spent seventy dollars on it, I mean you'd have almost two hundred, mm -hmm. uh, or like one hundred and fifty whatever on buy list, which is a pretty good return. Obviously, it's not as you know flashy as some of the other picks, uh, but I think it's really really good to demonstrate. Hey, guess what? This, this is what this does. You yeah. can do this kind of thing to help it pay off. And I think the interesting thing to me is that this card went up without increased exposure. Because like you said, there haven't been many cards that have improved the theme. No. It's, but it's still seen that upward trajectory. So to me, uh, I, I am similar to you in that, okay, well, if it's on an upward trajectory, it cannot continue without something to force the theme a little bit is my worry. So I would also be looking to, I think this is a good time to get rid of it because who knows when we'll get another card like that. Mm -hmm. um, because the sets we know we have coming out weren't sets that were big on plus one, plus one counters or counters in general, really. Like maybe Ikoria, if there's a mutate creature that puts counters on it, but that's such a fringe possibility yep. that I wouldn't really think that we're going to see anything like that in the next year. So this would be, okay, let's go ahead and do it now because while everything else is trending down, this card's trending up. Yeah. The other thing is we're sticking with Phyrexia for the next forever, right? And that 
idea doesn't lend itself to putting a lot of counters on creatures. It it, it does grow Infect creatures. counters? Yeah. Ha. That's the wrong way, though. Uh, <laughs> Mirrodin as a setting has proved that, yes, it does do counter work on creature, though we no longer use modular. Uh, it is very yeah. light in enhancing creatures from a permanent perspective, but it does like to enhance with spells and equipment, etc. Yeah. Don't generate the kind of value that we're looking for. And without yeah. great foresight into what's coming in those next sets, like you said, we're not seeing a lot of new product that works with this. It just seems like it's gonna we're gonna hit up a point where this is gonna stall out, and you might as well just make hay while the sun shines. Yeah, uh, makes it a lot easier. Just take the bag and run. Exactly that's what we always say. So I think that's gonna be it for this week, right? Yep, that's it. Yep. So we are at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, and YouTube. If you want to talk to us on the Twitter birds while it's still around, you are at Thirsty Sizzler. And I am at Halt I Am Reptire. We'll see you next week. See ya.